Welcome to the Beacon broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com, beaconbaptist.com. The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Having concluded now our examination of the opening verse of Paul's first epistle to the Thessalonians, we are pausing to make some applications to what we have studied thus far, both by way of introductory material and also by studying the salutation, which is the first book of uh, first verse rather of this epistle. And we began doing that on the broadcast yesterday by talking about gospel strategies. Is it wrong to strategize the work of evangelism, the work of the gospel, the work of missions? Some people have concluded that it's wrong, that it's automatically wrong, because the Bible doesn't really tell us anything about how to strategize, and it doesn't. But, as I pointed out yesterday, if you will carefully examine the places where Paul preached the gospel and the places that Paul passed by and chose not to preach the gospel there, you will realize that he had a strategy. And though the strategy is not pointed out to us, there's no place in the Bible that says, now Paul picked these cities for this reason and skipped these cities for that reason. It's pretty obvious what the strategy was when you look at it, and that is that Paul always focused on significant cities with a larger population and with a lot of commerce and travel taking place there. A place where, if the gospel were being faithfully proclaimed in that city, first by Paul and his missionary team and then by the church that was established, that it was in a strategic place for many people passing through from other places to hear the gospel and to come to Christ and then go back to their home city or onto the other places where they traveled and take the gospel with them. And thus the gospel had opportunity for much greater spreading than if Paul spent his years laboring in little villages and in rural areas. It's just a simple strategy of where to labor. But I've got to say a little bit more about this as after I welcome you to this Thursday, February 15 edition of the Beacon Broadcast. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for helping us financially if, in fact, you are one of the listeners who is doing that. That is so important. Thank you very much. So back to the idea of gospel strategies. Clearly, we cannot say that gospel strategies are automatically wrong, as some people have. But Paul did it. (laughs) So obviously, they're not wrong. That's an overreaction. 
That's a miscalculation. That's a an erroneous application from what you think you see in the Bible. No, gospel strategies are not automatically wrong, but, and here's the other side of it, gospel strategies are not automatically good, as many people assume today. Probably more assume that they're good and necessary than those who believe that they're wrong. The modern assumption seems to be if you can get the right strategy, then you will have success. And so books are written by the, well, I don't know how many books have been written, but surely by the hundreds, if not the thousands, to teach us the strategies for successful church planting and successful evangelism. And seminars are conducted, and many young men, young pastors, young evangelists attend these seminars where someone who has been successful in building a large church or building a large organization has something large to to um, describe in, in his work where he tells people his strategy, how he did that. I did this and that and the other, and this is what happened. And people go and they listen and they take notes and they go home and they try to copy that strategy because we are convinced in this day, many people are, that the right strategy will produce the right results. And I say that's not right either. <clears throat> Just because Paul used a strategy does not mean that he used any strategy or every strategy. It certainly doesn't mean that every strategy is God-honoring. In fact, what we need to make sure of is that in our strategies, we don't in some way misrepresent the gospel. And it's clear to me that often that is what happens with this rush to strategize in a in a visibly effective way to see large visible results. We can misrepresent the gospel either overtly or covertly. Overtly, that is, just actually preaching a different gospel than the biblical gospel, and some of the largest ministries are doing exactly that. Some of the most famous preachers, some of the ones that have the most television broadcasts and have the most media exposure and have the largest followings are men who are not preaching the biblical gospel. They are, they are false teachers. They are heretics. But, oh, look at all the people that are following them. Yes. But don't do what they do. Don't preach what they preach. Because if you do that, you're going to be preaching another gospel. And the curse of God is upon those who preach a different gospel. I saw something recently that said, I'd like to see an episode of Undercover Boss that showed Jesus in disguise visiting some of these large churches. Yeah, he is the boss. And if he went undercover to some of the largest churches in America today, he would, at the end of the service, get up and say, this man who you are following is a false teacher. The message that he's preaching is a false gospel. And if you believe what he preaches, you're all going to hell. That's what he would say in some of these large churches, because that's the truth. And that's the way he dealt with these things 
when he was on the earth. You can read about it in the in the four Gospels in your New Testament. So it is possible to misrepresent the gospel overtly by preaching another gospel, like Paul warned the Galatians. I'm writing to you. I am so grieved, he says, that you have embraced another gospel, which is not the gospel. And he says, if anyone comes to you and preaches a gospel different from the one that I preached to you when I established these four churches in the territory of Galatia, let him be anathema. Let him be accursed. Let him be damned. He's going to hell. And so are those who believe his message. And what I said before, I say again. He repeated it for emphasis. If anyone comes to you, even an angel from heaven, again, it wouldn't be a holy angel, but it could be uh, a demon that masquerades as a holy angel, messengers of the gospel, who claim to be messengers of the gospel, disguise themselves as ministers of light when actually they are ministers of darkness. They say that they are representing the Lord Jesus Christ when actually they are messengers of Satan. And what I said before, I say again, if anybody comes to you and preaches any other gospel to you than that which you have had preached to you by my my, by my ministry there and by the planting of these churches, let him be accursed. Let him be damned. Let him go to hell. That's not very user-friendly, is it? Saying things like that is not how to win friends and influence enemies, as we have been taught in our day. So don't misrepresent the gospel overtly, but there's also the danger of misrepresenting the gospel covertly, that is, in a more indirect way that's not quite so easy to detect. You can, you can examine the teaching, the preaching of a person, listen to what they say. He said this, is that true to the Bible or contrary to the Bible? It's very objective. It does take a little work, and sometimes you have to ferret out exactly what they mean by what they say, because some of these people, of course, are masters of deceit, after all. If they are, in fact, messengers of Satan, what else would you expect them to be? He is the master deceiver. And so his messengers are going to be master deceivers. But at least you've got an objective standard there. You can lay down what this person says alongside what the Bible says. And if they don't match, you know you have someone who's preaching another gospel. He's doing so overtly. Well, how would someone misrepresent the gospel covertly? Well, sometimes by sending mixed messages. There, there are a lot of ways to do it. I'm sure there's more ways than I can think of. But sometimes by sending mis mixed messages in this way. Sometimes what is actually proclaimed from the pulpit is true. It does not violate Scripture. It is not preaching another way of salvation than by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and so forth. But sometimes it is covertly misrepresenting the gospel by the things that are never said. It's not what is said that you can lay down beside the Bible and say, this preacher said this, and the Bible says this, and they don't match, so I can be certain that this one is a false teacher. 
But sometimes it's just a matter of emphasis. Wanting to emphasize only the positive and not the negative. Wanting to say a lot about the love of God, but nothing about the wrath of God. Wanting to say much about um, how to uh, be blessed by God, and nothing about the dangers of being cursed by God, and so forth. Some preachers seldom deal with sin. Some preachers seldom proclaim the necessity of repentance from sin. And that can be an omission. Unless you're looking for it. Now, does he, in addition to what he says about the gospel, which as far as I can tell is correct, he tells us that salvation is in the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross as a substitute for sinners and rose again from the dead by the power of his heavenly Father and ascended back to heaven and is coming again someday. All of that is true, wonderfully true. Don't listen to anybody who contradicts any of those things, but what about people who are are cleverly choosing the things that people enjoy hearing and omitting the things which people find abrasive and hard to listen to, but how are you going to bring a sinner to recognize his sin and to come to repentance if you don't ever deal with his sin and don't ever call him to repentance and don't ever talk about the judgment of God and talk about eternal damnation, talk about hell? You, you just omit all those things. You are misrepresenting the gospel in a rather subtle way, a covert way, but it's still a misrepresentation of the gospel. That's not what Paul was doing in his strategy. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.